0: There's a degree to which I don't know how to talk about Time Squared, but I think I figured it out. It's kind of like the Lonely Among Us of the second season. It's boring. Okay. It has no plot. Nothing happens. And at the end, there's a shocking death.
1: Now and which, that's pretty much it. Which one was lonely among us?
0: Uh the one with the thing that took over Picard. And oh there was, yeah, there was the yeah. cannibalism aspect to it, which I guess wasn't really cannibalism because it was two different alien species. Um, but yeah, I, I, oh god, that one. Yeah, oh
1: god,
0: Ugh. I disliked this episode.
1: Okay, I didn't dislike this episode. See, this episode was one of those. And how many times do we go with this? With a couple of changes, it would have been a decent episode. But because it does, it doesn't make those. It ends up becoming a really bad episode. I, I mean, I like the idea. I, I
0: like how you said you didn't dislike it, but then you said it was really bad. So, well, uh, you know, right. it,
1: I felt like it could have had potential in a way of getting this side of Picard that. I like what they, they're they trying to do to Picard's character in this, in that he is always a... Well, he is a very different character from Kirk. He is someone who always likes to be having a plan, and who does like to... He's not exactly, I wouldn't say, control freak, but he is the captain. He is in charge of the situation. He is... when If he doesn't know something, he at least knows how to figure it out. He Or he knows, well, I got to put this person on this. Or he knows kind of how to get to the next step. And here he is in a situation where he does not know what the next step is and it's genuinely bothering him and where he sees a version of himself which kind of embodies all of his worst qualities he sees this version of himself which as far as he knows committed this act of cowardice leaving his own ship and who is scared and confused and all this and picard is terrified of being that guy i like that idea but they don't know what to do with it
0: well picard is a delegator right And, and kirk is not Right, yeah. Kirk, Kirk gets in there. You know, Kirk wants to get get his hands dirty, um, and and Picard doesn't necessarily want to do that unless he has to. And so, you know, what I think you're seeing in this episode, and and I, I agree with you that that it's very half baked and unformed, yeah. and they don't exactly know what they're trying to say or do with with Picard in this episode. But you know, there there's a degree to which I think Picard is at loose ends in this episode. Yeah, because he doesn't know why he left the ship. Yeah, and I would. Even, but but I also think it's you know there's two things going on there. I think number one it's that you know he he wants to delegate responsibility when he doesn't know what's happening, and in this case there's no one to delegate it to yeah. except for himself, which is really? interesting because sort of at the end of the episode he decides that the best way to um, do this is to delegate responsibility for this action to his other counterpart. And that's what
1: made no sense to me. Well, the, the, complete, yeah. the ending completely fell apart. Like the ending ruined this episode. It was but a better ending might have made it but anyway continue but i
0: think that you know there there's a more fundamental problem with this episode which is that i'm not really sure it works to see this side of picard because we've never given any indication before that picard has these sort of deep-seated fears about being a coward or um you know not going down with his ship or anything like that and so it comes out of nowhere and it could have been it could have been something interesting but I, I just don't think that they sell it well
1: yeah i mean what was his earlier ship that he
0: the stargazer
1: yeah i mean now now what, what now the situation with that again was let's go into that backstory, because didn't that ship go down
0: uh honestly i don't remember it's you know it just kind of happened i look yeah i don't know
1: because they could have brought that into here because we have an incident in where and which he did lose a ship in which he did do quote unquote the right thing and here he is confronted with not doing the right thing. I mean well I don't th- I think it would it would have been possible to introduce this in in this one episode as kind of a fear that does it's not an everyday fear for him, but it well, is a i guess
0: yeah well Well, I mean thinking of it i mean yeah the little bit stuff because I'm starting to remember that now. Yeah. Basically, yeah, he he did go down with the ship and I I guess to me it, it it completely this episode sort of completely contradicts that earlier, you know, character beat because why would he feel this way? Like I don't I mean unless uh, I mean unless he, unless he just feels just... like he's getting less vital as he gets older or something, but I don't know. Well, really just get...
1: to be con- I mean, in a way he is confronted with someone who as far as you know, both Troy and uh, 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 uh and pulaski essentially say no this is you like this is exactly who you are and he sees a version of himself doing something that he would never do you know but why
0: and, does he but that's that's my problem with it yeah, it's like because, why does he think that he's suddenly going to become a coward and leave the ship for no reason that's what i don't I, I'm that's not saying that's he, what i don't understand but because he
1: did because he does see this version that did make this decision and he doesn't know because he wrecked i think he's seeing them he it's not that he has a Fear of this. If you had asked him before this day, do you worry that you're going to go down with the ship? You know, no, I I would go down with the ship. You know, all of my crew. You know, Worf. You know, says that as if it's you know a ludicrous suggestion. But he is confronted with evidence that he did that. There is a version of himself which left the Enterprise now. As
0: but but here's but here's my problem with that, and I don't think you're picking up what I'm trying I, to that's say. Fair. Here, is that I don't understand why he would think that a future version of himself would do something that he would would completely contradict his own feelings and opinions and, and his own sort of command
1: structure. Because, because he saw this version of himself do that.
0: Why wouldn't he think that... No, he didn't. He just sees a guy show up. Like, what, the, my problem with it is, why Why does he doubt his future version of himself? Why doesn't he just assume that there was a good reason why this version that of Picard a, left the ship? And that that's what I'm fa- trying to say. And
1: that's fair. Um, and th- that's, And that's
0: what I don't buy. And
1: that's part of this episode that's poorly done. You know, they could... I I don't know, you know, they should have addressed that. Yeah. Um,
0: Okay. Well, let's move on then. (laughs) No. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't jive with the character that we've come to know and it doesn't jive with the show that we've come to know. And it, it, it doesn't really, um, have anything to do with anything really. It, it just feels like someone came up with an idea for a reason why they would have two Picards and then they wrote an art they, they figured out a story to go around it. um, but it's just boring. Nothing happens in this episode. Yeah, it's thirty minutes of people making decisions, and and not even making decisions. Thirty minutes of people thinking about how to make a decision. It's it's intensely tedious.
1: Yeah. No. I and.
0: And I remembered liking this episode, and I hadn't seen it for years, and re-watching it, I was astounded at how much I disliked it.
1: See, well, I'll say while I was watching it, I was at least moderately enjoying it. You know, it was a fine season two episode but then again you have this ending where I would
0: I would I would strongly disagree with you I think we've seen much better stuff in the second season I, I think, I, 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 think I, I, I think the okay, next wait, episode wait, wait, wait. we're going to talk about the Icarus factor is 10 times let better me say than this episode I, easily. You,
1: you're, I'm not saying it was a fine season two episode it was a fine season two episode
0: no I disagree I think what I think it's terrible I think it's a bad season two episode you
1: remember this was my first time watching it
0: no, I understand that, but and, I mean, well, can, from the point of view of, like, we've had a natural selection, we've had a matter of honor, we've had the measure of a man, you know, we've had we've had good episodes, and I think we've had episodes that...
1: And then it was classics. a fine episode until I saw the ending where it had no point to it. I think maybe if it had had more of a point... That's what I'm saying. Like, it was all right until I realized that, no, this is just a... They don't really know what to do with this. And then it became a really bad episode.
0: No, I can see that. Yeah, like, if they had capped
1: it with a... If they had just... Again, they just solve this and end it just because... Because they're at the end of the running time. I mean, this entire thing where he's asking this version of himself that... They aren't sure whether time is in a loop or whether you can go back in time because i would suggest the fact that he, the i feel like this the future picard did not meet the future picard do you know what i mean like in other words this is a time picard goes through sees this anomaly decides to go into the shuttle gets flung back in time meets his past self
0: well, that's not even trying to yeah like that th- th-
1: that's the thing like this requires it's an episode whose ending may be required on figuring out how, what the timeline, what I'm the gonna, time travel is. I'm going gonna,
0: gonna to save you a ton of time. They don't. Don't ever try and logically figure out how time travel works in Star Trek. It doesn't. You, just, you need to just accept it at face value for the um,
1: plot, device, for that the plot device that it is. Well, here's the thing. In Sitting on the Edge of Forever, I could do that because it was not about the time travel. That time travel was very much the plot device in there. Here, it's about the time travel in a in more of and a that's, way. Yeah, I and agree. And because that's, they can't, you know, because you know, again, sitting on the of well, forever. But, but here's you can the tell, thing. Yeah.
0: That's why the episode is bad. It yeah, doesn't, it, and it's it's it it doesn't know what it's about, and it thinks it's about the yeah. it's, it's about the wrong thing basically.
1: Yeah, if they had more hand. It, the interesting thing
0: is not why Picard is there. The interesting thing is what this does to Picard. Yeah. And, and they don't figure that out. And, and they don't what it does that. to
1: Picard is not within the character of Picard. And how it works makes no sense. Right. You right. know, how, again, how the, 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 the Guardian of Forever works makes no sense and doesn't really matter. But what matters is that you have, you know, it's have to put everybody in, you know, costumes and have to... Kirk in the situation where he has to make this horrible, difficult choice. Yeah, and so that you know, the Guardian of Forever stuff is cool. It looks cool enough. It's interesting. It's provocative, but the episode never asks us to in- understand that logic. It except just okay, except that this works. Yeah, here it kind of asks us to understand, and there is no logic behind it.
0: I think the other thing, too, that's problematic about it, and you know, now that you're starting to talk about the time travel, I'm starting to think about it more, which is a problem because it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, we've never seen any indication in Star Trek before that that going back in time um, puts you out of sync with the reality that you're in. And so you've got this whole subplot about you know the, the 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 ship taking different polarities of energy and sort of having to do reverse things to get it to work and picard's out of sync and as he gets closer to his own time he gets better or something and it's like, and it's you know, like yeah. a set of you know a, a a stimulant actually makes him worse um it it doesn't it doesn't make any sense no. and i think it's very the problem is that the 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 script is and the, and the understanding of how this kind of stuff works is very surface. Like there's no real thought behind how any of this would actually work. And when you are constructing your episode about why this is happening and about this mystery of where this Picard came from, you need to make sure that it makes sense. And, you know, aside from that, I, I don't, I don't think it's a very interesting mystery because at the end of the day, all they have to do is wait six hours. Yeah,
1: it's 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 <laughs> like that's that's z- not. See, they need yeah, they need... It's not even oh, a
0: mystery. That's just waiting for a train. They
1: needed to uh, a reason to get the old the, the future Picard, the pat you know the, the second Picard or whatever. How do what are we going to label him? Oh oh,
0: Picard oh, do. Picard
1: future Picard you know they need a reason to get him out you know and not talking because if he were healthy at the beginning of the episode he would say well here's what happens you know here's why this and you know they have a reason for him to be not completely coherent before like that's it like that that was why you know the shuttle thing similar reason like
0: well that's another that's a, that's another good thing the only reason why Picard is 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 incoherent is because if he was coherent there yeah. would be no episode yeah and why don't they he have- would just be like oh, hey, guys, um, just go in the reverse direction right now. Like, just go. And then, like, he would disappear and everything it would be fine. And, and so, that- you
1: know, maybe a more interesting episode would be than the second time, you know. So, like I mean, we, we assume that there are being, you know, because he's not looping back, you know. He's looping. He's not. And, and here I am trying to explain. that. T- yeah, zone. I know. So you have future Picard travels back in time and has this present Picard makes the decision – writes down everything that's going on, goes into – and then makes that sacrifice to be thrown back. And then we have a third version of Picard who reads the note and says, oh, we need to get the hell out of here and gets the hell out. And that's how they solve the mystery. Okay, That was what I – how I would end it.
0: Well, you need to go back in time to 1989 and rewrite this episode.
1: Okay. I can do this. It
0: would, it, you know, in talking about it, I think the 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 reason why I have such a fundamental, I think we're having very different reactions. I sort of, I mean, yeah. we both don't like the episode, but I think. I really don't like it and I think it's tedious and boring and has no point and you're so, you sort you sort of thought that it was a little at least a little intriguing. I mean I li- um I think what the issue here really is that do you remember our conversation about Loud as a Whisper and how I was like I like it it's loose um you know it, it's just kind of like hanging out for 30 minutes yeah, and nothing yeah, yeah, really yeah. happens but I find it interesting and you really thought it was um you know you thought it was edited strangely and you thought yeah, it was yeah, sort yeah. of full of these weird starts and stops and things like this. That's how I reacted to this and episode. That's fair. Like, I think I understand your criticisms of Loud as a Whisper more because this episode is edited strangely. There's strange bits of the scenes that are only there because the episode was running to short to fill it out. Um, it's it's it, 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 There are stops and starts in this episode. It's it's basically watching people trying to make a decision and never making a decision. And then what's worse, they decide not to make a decision or come to no conclusion. And then in the next scene, they do exactly the same thing. And they repeat this
1: like four times. And Oh, my God. They're in a time loop. Well,
0: yeah. But I, I think, you know, you can see a
1: competent writer doing something with that.
0: There's Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, you again, s- this is I believe this is a Maurice Hurley episode
1: you know, yeah, you, I mean, you,
0: you, say, you, you need to leave. Like, you're just not good at this. <laughs> you say the
1: episode's about waiting for a bus. I mean, to a degree, again, that's conversation with Riker where he says, you know, you're not really good at, you know, just hanging around and waiting. And, you know, Riker explicitly says, you know, well, easiest thing to do is wait six hours. And Picard's like, you know, basically resign. Like, yeah, I'm not good at that. Like, if this episode is about that, you know, Picard learning that lesson that sometimes – Really, that's the only thing you can do. You know, you need to – sometimes there is an unknown. Sometimes you can't get all the information. Sometimes you really can't be in the – I mean the first thing that Picard does when he's confronted with a situation he doesn't understand, all right, conference room now. He gathers everybody he trusts. He gets every – he demands every single person in that room mm-hmm. give an opinion, and then he does what he's a master at is he takes all of those opinions and he synthesizes them into a, – a, What he has here is a situation where there isn't anybody on his team who can give him any information because there is no information really to get. The situation that they're dealing with does not exist yet. And so he has to really just learn how to be patient. That could have – that I guess is an interesting episode there, but it's just they don't – you know, he, he has. How do I deal with making a decision when I can't make a decision? Should I be making a decision? Is staying here making a decision? Is leaving making a decision? Again, you can see him agonizing over this, but they just don't. They're too busy worrying about the what's this mystery? What's this mystery? He, the writers care a lot more about the mystery than we do, and neither of us has a solution.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that and I think you know your your what you're what you're saying really is that if the episode was about Picard realizing that he he can't know everything yeah. and he can't collect all the information and you know he can't second guess himself, I think that would have been yeah. interesting. Um you know, maybe saying well the the future Picard obviously had information that I don't have,, yeah. so I can't really second guess his decision because it may be the decision that I'm going to make in six hours. I think that would have been that may have been a more interesting way to structure the episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know, um, but yeah, it's just there's there's no way that we can really see Picard doing something like this that he thinks the future Picard has done and so this whole second guessing stuff is really sort of perfunctory and I think I think he even says at one point in the episode that captains shouldn't second guess themselves Riker says it or somebody and so it's just kind of like a way to undercut your own yeah your own point I mean
1: like there is the whole thing where he knows that future Picard does not make the right decision you know because it doesn't. He knows whatever future Picard does does not help. At right. least it, you know, the implication is not. And I thought one of the t- you know the thing that they were going to show was that you know this entity wants Picard and sees it. You know, even though he left, the past Picard is still on the ship, so he see it sees this, you know Picard's energy. Like I thought, it was going to go something like that. Where yeah, what of getting? You know, I don't know. I, there were, I guess, it just there were a lot more. And this is me, you know, watching an episode after it's been completed. It seemed like there were a couple of angles to get a better ending, to get a much more logical plot. Even though it wasn't about the plot, you still needed to at least make it look like it made sense. I couldn't suspend my disbelief about it.
0: I guess I guess that's the real problem is that the strongest episodes of the second season have been the ones where the writers have figured out that the show needs to be more about yeah. character development than than plot. And in this case – I think this episode is a, is a prime example of a show that is still trying to do plots instead of character stuff and doing it very poorly.
1: Yeah, and when you have the little bits of character stuff that are there, I want to see more of that. I guess.
0: Well, that I think, yeah, I mean, and
1: I guess that's a that's a sign of something very. Very different you know, that that is a sign of one of the show's strengths. As you say, it's a character show. And- well, you
0: get you get that great opening scene in the teaser oh, yeah. where where Riker's um cooking breakfast for for a bunch of people. You know, I think who's their Data and Worf And Pulaski. And Pulaski and, and O'Brien, I think, right?
1: Yeah. And it's like
0: And number I, one, he's not making omelets, he's making scrambled eggs. People yeah. come on. But
1: uh I like the you know, they're all having different reactions. You know, Pulaski is all like she's all gung ho about it, you know, she's really She's excited. She recognizes, you know, what this means and, you know, but it's disgusting and, you know, Data has no idea what's going on and Brian doesn't want to eat it and, you know, Worf thinks it's deli- – like it's a, it's a comedic scene but it also gives a very – and it also introduces the concept of Riker's father Yes, in the next – who is, you know, who the next episode surrounds. So, you know, while the next episode would have been probably as – you know, I don't think it would have been harmed if it hadn't had this scene – this scene starts to give, you know, it gives a sense that he does have a family and he did just, you know, grow up with a single father that he wasn't particularly close to and therefore that means a lot more the next episode.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, that scene really, you know, is is what the show needs yeah. more of and it's the only scene in the episode that really pops and it's the only scene that really feels like these people like each other. We're re- and I think that's the problem is that – yeah. The show needs to realize that it needs to do more of this and and not less of it.
1: And that's one of the things that you know I'd said like we haven't really seen much of what they're doing when they're off duty, and we're slowly starting to see. You know, they they'll go to ten forward and they'll have a drink and they'll you know or you know Riker will say, oh, you know, everyone come to my place before breakfast before the shift. You know, be you know I'm gonna I'm gonna make you breakfast. It'll be fun. You know, and it's a nice thing. It's they're hanging out.
0: Yeah, exactly. I give this one a two.
1: I give this one a two and a half. Okay. Why, I ha- why was Pulaski the one who explained to Troy what Picard's emotional state was, by the way? Because shouldn't Troy be the one who...
0: Well, see, the thing is, they have to pay <laughs> Marina Sirtis whether or not she appears in the episode. And so they use her because they want to get some value out of their dollar.
1: Yeah, but they didn't use her as what I'm saying. Like, you have the ship's counselor who is, you know, very intuitive and who has been working with Picard for, a while, for a, over a year now and who knows him extremely well. And yet it's Pulaski who is explaining his character. It's
0: Chinatown, Richard. Just leave it alone. All right. Let's move on to the Icarus factor.
1: Now, if you want to talk about an episode where it's just people hanging out and nothing happening – this was an episode that was essentially three B plots.
0: This was an hour long version of an eighty sitcom.
1: Yeah, and I liked it. You know, it's one of those. So I I started it last night uh, when I got home from work. I watched like fifteen minutes of it, and I thought, you know, I really just don't want to see, you know, everybody has daddy issues. The episode, because you know, at that point, <laughs> at, at that point, the the the, the, ju- the juxtaposition of the wharf bit was, you know. It seemed like he was reacting to the Riker thing, and I thought, oh, it's going to be dealing with, you know, Warf is worried about that, and I just had no patience for that. So I started this this morning and saw the rest of it, and I ended up liking it a lot more because you have, I was worried they were going to manufacture a conflict. I thought that's what the Geordie thing was going to be like. Oh, no, it turns out there's an alien virus in the or It turns out Riker's father is, it's, no. When you talk about stakes, I mean, this has the lowest stakes of any episode of any Star Trek we've seen. It's just Geordi has a bit of an ego at stake. Worf is upset, and you know Riker has more complex feelings. Certainly, he's dealing with his father. He's dealing with this promotion. He's dealing with you know his the fact that he and Troy can never you know never really connected in a way they want wanted. You know, he's dealing with these things. He's dealing with you know learning a bit about Pulaski. You know. But yeah, at the end of the day it's really only about whether or not these three people get to be happy or not and I liked that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to sum it up, you know, because I don't know that I don't know that there's much in common between the three plots, but I guess, yeah. The the Wharf stuff is sort of just kind of there, and the Riker stuff is just kind of there, and and his father and and Pulaski. But what I like about it is, you know, it it does have that problem of, you know, television where um, you make the universe feel really small when everybody knows everybody else. And it's like, why exactly does Pulaski have this relationship with, with Riker's father? Well, she does because if she didn't, then the episode would have much less resonance and 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 he would not have come around to his father right and so but i but i think it's it's it's, yeah you know i think the best way to talk about it is to take it on a character by character basis because you know let's talk about pulaski first i don't i don't know how you're feeling about her at this point in the show but they're
1: really trying to make pulaski happen and i kind of like her She's not terrible. Uh, you know, she's not the... Once they figured out... They're slowly starting, you know, she's... They're slowly starting to figure out her, but I also see her as a character evolving in kind of a way because, I mean, in this last episode, in this, epi- in this episode, you know, Troy is especially saying, you know, oh, you know, Pulaski has so much empathy. She's such a good doctor, you know, and I remember the first couple episodes, I she didn't and... You know, this is a really touchy-feely crew and she and Troy seem to be especially, you know, becoming friends with each other. And so I could see her developing that part of herself over her over her time in on the Enterprise. You know, maybe at the beginning when she came on she wasn't really a really great with the bedside manner. Maybe it wasn't really necessary. Maybe the previous ship did seem a bit more military focused, you know, than this, you know, it was a little less huggy, you know, maybe they weren't friends with, you know, she probably didn't go to her first officer's, you know, cabin for breakfast. So I could see her actually changing, growing as a person in this. And I kind of like that.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, what. once the show realized that, that having her be the female McCoy and, yeah. and having them you know they they've pretty much dropped her 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 complete disinterest and sort of dismissal of data as a person which i like because you yeah. know i think they were sort of setting her up as someone that was uh, frankly an asshole yeah. and once they figured out that that you know uh, the actress playing her um whose name is escaping me right Dan, now um, Dana Mulder thank you um is is a is a warm
1: actress yeah, she's, like
0: she's she's not really crusty and I think that they're starting to to realize that yeah. they have a golden opportunity to create a character here that um, is a little bit outside of the social group or whatever that this crew is in, um, but is also sort of learning yeah. how to get into there. Well, and, you remember
1: that episode where she's talking to Troy and she's saying, you know, how uh, when she's getting old, you know, it just, it, when she yeah, when, you know, she's saying like, you know, how do I deal with Picard, you know. I, that it would that was I think a moment where she's realizing like I got off to a bad start here like everyone has a bad first couple weeks at some jobs like she just probably was out of sync with the crew and now they're learning to deal with her little bitch they're making her feel more comfortable meanwhile she's making some effort to socialize more with them and be a bit more like I I could see that all.
0: And I think, yeah. you know, and and I think there's a degree to which, you know, I don't think it's incidental, for example, that, um, you know, she was married three times, divorced three yeah. times, but she's still, as she says, good friends with her ex-husband. I I don't think that Pulaski's a bad person, and I think no. that people generally like her.
1: I think she's, yeah, yeah she's...
0: And I think I, the show has finally figured that out, and I like it.
1: Yeah, and I like that she, you know, th- that seems to be kind of a running theme, and in this episode... I mean, this is all facets of Riker's plot line is dealing with that. Sometimes you really just can't have a relationship. Sometimes you really do have to make a choice between you know your relationship with another person and your career, and it sucks. Yeah, and think- that, but that and she's she's done that as well. It seems like well, you I get think- the sense that yeah, she's divorced three times and couldn't go with. Uh, Riker's father, because she Kyle, would. Kyle,
0: yeah. Well, I think, there's a, I think there's a degree to which, you know, it, it, it's interesting because the show sort of treats the reveal that she wanted to be Riker's stepmother uh, <laughs> really sort of offhandedly, which I like and very understated and sort of realizing that it really wouldn't have mattered that much because, you know, he was an adult by that point, at least we assume. Yeah, um, I
1: mean, I I didn't get the sense that she knew him at the time. No, even, you know? no. So, it's a
0: little strange that she didn't mention that she knew his father, but, you know, whatever. At the same
1: time, I can also—how do you say that, like, hey, first mate of a ship that I just got a job in, like, you know who I used to fuck your dad, you know, that you were—I st- mean, she obviously knew that— you know, obviously, Kyle said, "You know, I have an adult son. He's a strange. He's a star, He's in Starfleet. You know, and all of that." So, yeah, you know, she she never, you know, it, you get the sense that she and Kyle never got to the point where she needed to meet him. Yeah, and then when they when they first met again, remember this is her not really being liked at first. Yeah, there is no way she's going to say that. And yeah, at that after you've been there a couple months, when do you bring that up? You right, know? right, that. It, it, it did throw me a bit, that. But then, you know, thinking about it, like, oh, that actually does make sense. Yeah,
0: I guess um, so. I mean, I think it's a little strange she didn't mention it when they were having breakfast. But I want to talk about Riker now because I think, you know, we we've sort of danced around, uh, uh, you know, his relationship with. I mean, we sort of touched about, you know, upon it with with Pulaski a little bit. But I think, you know, he's really sort of the meat of the episode here. And I think what the what the issue here really is that, you know, the show is. I think the show is doing something interesting. It's 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 number one it's realizing that they're painting him as as sort of the the new Kirk and someone who's very young and very yeah. ambitious and very hungry for his own command and so you know they finally give him the opportunity to have one and
1: in the unexplored areas where which will probably be a bit more like the original Star Trek.
0: Yeah, and I think you know it's it's funny because the the show could have uh, like you said the show could have manufactured drama in a lot of these plots and it yeah. doesn't do it which i like um you know for example Picard could have been very upset you know he's not he's like he's happy for Riker he's very understated he's like hey you know good job it's 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 cool being the captain yeah they and all
1: I- feel very bittersweet about it but you know Picard you know knows he's going what he's losing and he knows that But he knows that, yeah.
0: And I like that the show doesn't treat Riker's decision, it it doesn't really treat Riker's decision lightly. I think Mm -hmm. it's funny because everyone sort of assumes that he's just going to take the command and Riker is very... resident reticent about it but it's not really explained why exactly yeah um and obviously we all know that he's not going to leave and so there's you know i think that that's that's important too the show realizes that i think that the audience knows that he's not going to leave yeah. and so it doesn't try and ring dramatic tension out of something that we know isn't going to happen so i think what, having everyone treated as sort of this you know yeah that is, is is
1: good what 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 worked for me about that was yeah i knew that he's not going to leave the show um they aren't going to make that particular change, and yet, to me, then it almost became well. Wh- I, I watched the episode to wonder, well, why doesn't he take it? You know, what? Because yeah, it. You know, just as everyone else treats it as you know an obvious decision, I don't know why he doesn't decide he doesn't want to do it. You know, and, and they don't. They- then, and it, you know, it becomes. I think it becomes clear that he may be career-wise ready for it. His skills, his competence, but. Emotionally I don't think he's ready to. He still has some he realizes kind of he has a lot of unfinished business with everybody, and on the other hand, you know, maybe he is realizing that he has to start settling a little bit. You know, maybe he in a way he's kind you know it's not that he's dad on the enterprise. If anybody is, it's Picard, but at the same time, you know, is he resents his father for leaving while he could have been forging a relationship. He feels abandoned by his dad, and I don't think he wants to abandon the. Uh, he doesn't want to now that he real, You know, now that he and Pulaski had this heart to heart, he doesn't want to abandon her. He doesn't want to abandon uh, Picard, and he doesn't want to abandon Troy. You know? Yeah, yeah. And those are just the people that deal with in the episode. He does have a relationship to everybody.
0: Yeah, I think that's true, and I think that's charitable. I, I, I think the other, you know that that's certainly a part of it i think the other part of it is that riker is you know he's kind of i wouldn't say arrogant necessarily but i think mm. he he thinks i think he thinks very highly of himself and he wants command of a more important ship and which i think he's possible you know there's a degree to which i don't know whether or not Riker is very he says he works hard and is you know obviously yeah. he does and you know he's he's second in command on the enterprise and everything but i think there's a degree to which we don't really know whether or not Riker, um once the challenge of making a name for himself on his own terms or if he wants to work hard in an environment that is already recognized as being great.
1: Yeah, in other words, he's in a he's in a position where today he can get his own ship on the frontier or in 10 years when Picard retires he's got a really awesome shot at the enterprise or whatever the new flagship would be you know or they may, they you know 5 years from now when they're retiring the enterprise they're going to make a new ship yeah well i was the first in command of the enterprise picard will probably be wanting to you know wind down his duties at that point or will stay on the enterprise will be you know but yeah, they're gonna give him the sexy new ship to Riker. I mean, that that you know that yeah, I think
0: I think he's the, worried. Yeah. He's worried about failing. I think you know. That's, I mean, I mean, think about it in terms of like you know people that like working for prestigious companies, for yeah. example, like you know people really like working at Google or people really like working at Apple. and yeah. and, and and you're not going to be the CEO of Apple, but you like working there because you tell people you work at Apple and they're like, ooh, that's exciting.
1: You got good pay. You. Don't really get a you know you, your job is fairly secure compared you know compared to being at a startup where you're doing and your also job is probably a lot more defined when you're at a startup you have seventeen jobs and right. you've got to figure out the direction of everything and.
0: So I think there's a degree to which may, maybe Riker yeah. doesn't. He likes challenges, certainly, but I think he likes certain types of challenges more than he likes others.
1: We also have, also remember that his father, the end of the entire episode, everybody says, you know, you're very arrogant. You're very, you know, they do say that the father is very skilled and very smart and very, you know, but at the same time, he also thinks of him very highly of himself. I mean, I think part of this is also maybe Riker dealing with some of that or seeing. How everybody feels about that. You know, Riker sees a lot of himself in his father the entire time. The father saying, oh, you know, he's a lot like me or I know, you know, I was like that. And yeah, that's that is true.
0: Yeah. And I think I think also, you know, there's a degree to which, you know, we we sort of, you know, sort of uncovered in this episode that. Uh, you know Riker probably didn't have a very happy childhood. no you know, his mother died when he was young and he never really knew her. Um, his father seems sort of distant and and says that there's a wall between them to build up after his mother died yeah, and,
1: and he says I was on my own since I was like fifteen. I think he said,
0: yeah, and I think you know if you if you kind of look at it that way where you know Riker's very comfortable on the enterprise he 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 values these relationships and these friendships that he has. I think that you know in in a sense, there's a there's a degree to which psychologically speaking he's he's kind of damaged and he likes having a place where he feels comfortable more than he likes feeling like he's on the you know cutting edge of something
1: well you know it's actually putting it in that way actually now is making me think about his relationship to wesley a bit more and in a way kind of wesley is a a, that teenage that 15 year old self that you know he says you know he always says i wish you died instead of you know mom and Wesley is kind of the version where the father did die instead of the mother, and you know, he is I, I don't know. In a way I mean that might be part of why Riker does like Wesley, because he is that you know again, that that age is very Yeah not insignificant. Yeah. He Wesley's at the Wesley is the what if of Riker.
0: Yeah, and I think I think, you know, if you remember earlier on in in the season when I think what in The Child when when Wesley um decided to to stay on the enterprise yeah. and not go uh to live with his mother on earth that uh there's that there's that scene where you know he asks Riker to basically like take care of him and Riker agrees and i think that colors it in an interesting way this yeah. episode does that that moment between them
1: he it's not that Riker necessarily wants to be a father figure per se but I think he at least wants to be an older brother, or at least wants to make sure that Wesley grows up how well, he I would have wanted. To.
0: I, I don't. I don't. Just. I don't agree with you. Actually, I think he he does want to be a father figure to Wesley, and I think he. There's a degree to which he realizes that that being on your own at that age is very difficult, yeah. and he wants to be there for Wesley because of his own experiences with his father, which is fair. Um, and I also like the fact that you know we haven't talked a lot about about you know, Kyle uh, Riker, Riker's father, but I-, I like the fact that he's not a plot device. It would have been very yeah. easy for him to be just a terrible father for no reason. And he's a deeply conflicted man. You know, his wife, wa- his wife died, um, yeah. you know, w- when he had a very small child and obviously that, that, that impacted, you know, him in, in a great degree. And, and, he admits that he had some yeah. faults. He admits that some of this was his fault, but he also kind of calls Riker on his shit and says, hey, you know, it, it, it's been a long time. We should be past this. Yeah, like... And I like that.
1: Yeah, he basically says, like, look, you know, I, yeah, he ad- he recognizes that he's not a good person. I don't think at any point in his life he would have said, you know, I'm a great father, or I'm doing right by my son, or anything like that. I think he recognizes that this is just not... Or that he was... It's part that he's not what he's good at, and part that he really was wrecked by the death of his wife. And, you know, the scene where he said, you never even knew her. She was my wife. I loved her. You were a baby. Like, that's a harsh line, but it is kind of a true line. Like, Well, yeah. and,
0: the, and the thing is too, remember that he says that after Riker said that he should have been the one to die instead of yeah. his mother. I mean, that's pretty harsh too. Yeah. like, And I think, and I think it's, it's, it's real, it's, it's a really strong choice from the, from the episode's point of view because they don't I don't think the show. Pull, I don't think the script pulls any punches. No, right. It, it, this is a dysfunctional relationship, and these people don't like each other. Yeah, and it doesn't but, end
1: with them completely okay. It ends with them having a moment where they finally get to explain, and they finally kind of understand each other's perspective for a moment. They, you know, I think both of them have wanted to make it clear to each other this entire time. Look, this is exactly the way in which you hurt me, and they finally, by the end, get that. But it doesn't mean they're going to be okay, you know. They do still have the. I think at this there's point, a lot of
0: work for them to do.
1: The, the, uh, but I mean, it, and I think if they're, yeah.
0: you know, if they if they call each other up on subspace once a month, that's that's probably an improvement. And they need to. Be, and basically, yeah. they have no relationship, and they haven't for a long time, and they need to build a new one.
1: But this is them both acknowledging we do we do need to do this, and they're finally, I think, both of them are willing to make at least tentative steps, and I think that's that's the closest to resolve that you would want this to feel true. And I like that. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I like that. that. They didn't even make manufacture a happy ending at the end for any, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's incidental that the person who wrote this episode, uh, again, was not a staff writer. <laughs> 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 I think we're finding that a lot is uh, that yeah. you know, the, the people that are writing really good episodes of the show are people that, uh, don't work on the show, which I think is interesting. um, we haven't really talked about the wharf subplot. I
1: liked the wharf subplot as a contrast to the Ponfar episode. Okay. Because this is the first, I mean we we when we saw Pon we'd seen Vulcans, we talked about them. That was really the first time we saw Vulcan and that we kind of got a an outsider's view of a very specific. I mean, you know, Specific cultural right that very few non Vulcans or non Klingons get to see, and I mean, I, I thought that what I thought was really interesting is you know they're saying you know well you know his family recognizes this well we're Worf's family, and you know Kirk said a very similar thing about Spock in that in the Ponfar episode, and you see you see in both cases a ritual which exemplifies an aspect of this culture which is fairly exotic and maybe incomprehensible to people outside that, but which has very deep meaning for them. And And it takes it seriously. Yeah. And, you know, and it's people recognizes that recognizing that they're, you know, someone that they care about very deeply is going through something that they don't understand. You know, Kirk can't understand Pon far, you know, Wesley can't understand this, you know, anniversary of this Ascension thing, but they all recognize that. But, but he, uh, he, you know, but Warf, values this but spock values this and therefore i value it too
0: yeah yeah and i think i mean i don't know that i would necessarily agree that that they can never understand the the, the, the yeah, ritual but, they, but i they think
1: under maybe academically they're not going to go through it you know
0: yeah that's true and i think you wesley know wesley
1: will never want to be jabbed with sticks kirk will not go into a violent blood frenzy if he okay fine
0: i'm just saying what uh, are we saying about wesley <laughs> yeah
1: you know, if Kirk doesn't hook up with the space babe, he's not gonna go into a violent All right, range, look, you know. Look,
0: here's the thing. Wesley is obviously a bottom. Yes. Oh, so oh yeah. I'm just that yeah, that yeah. Just just keep keep that in mind when you say things like Wesley will never want to be jabbed with sticks.
1: Okay. I I promise to be a bit more circumspect in my language from Good. now on. Good.
0: Yeah, I no, I I I think you know. I've always had a pro- the one problem I've always had with this episode is is not really knowing how all the pieces fit together. And I think you know what you're saying about the wharf stuff and and how people can't understand um you know this this Rite of ascension uh which frankly does not look fun um and but you know Klingons I don't know what Klingons like that's a th- you know the the show is really building the Klingons yeah you know, like the, it's... the Klingon culture in a way um but but aside from that I, I... I think I think what all of these sort of subplots and and main plots have in common is the show is really saying, you know, how someone else is feeling is, is really sort of unknowable in a way. yeah. And, you know, it's all about characters realizing that, you know, you really have to be respectful of people and how they feel. And you really have to be able to, if not understand how they feel, empathize with them. And listen to them, and I think that's really what the episode is saying.
1: That they do make a point of saying that uh, Pulaski's greatest strength is her empathy. And let's think about let's think about the Jordy plot actually, because this is because I couldn't really figure out how that connected. So he, you know, it's kind of the plot device that starts this whole episode. They're at the space station because you know Geordie notices some weird readings or something, and he mentions it, and suddenly there is a team of experts checking and double checking everything, and he has this massive hurt ego from this and he tries to deny it in the first couple scenes but you like even data says you know i'd be upset if i weren't a professional and an android you know and i think what's really significant is the scene where he's talking to o'brien and o'brien you know o'brien's like oh wow you know was like you know he says oh they're they're checking everything and o'brien's like oh well okay you know good for them you know and, you know, Jordy's like, Well, would you like it if they were in the transporter room? And O'Brien's like, Yeah, I wouldn't care, you know? So they're so they're rechecking my stuff, you know. It's not it's fine to have someone double check it, you know. He he he, he takes it in the spirit that it's maybe intended, and Jordy, meanwhile, is taking this as a slight against his abilities.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I don't know, that and I'm also thinking about how the painstick ceremony is uh paralleling to this uh, 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 martial arts thing that that Riker and his father are going through. Because they they are kind of intercut—not intercut with each other, but they're— one right or they're around the same time of the episode um yeah i guess
0: i guess if you you know i mean maybe this is sort of extrapolating a bit too much but you know if you sort of say okay well you've got this rite of ascension thing that that sort of caps off warp's plot and you've got the 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 whatever the hell they're doing with the um sticks and stuff you know Riker and his father at the end they're having some sort of ritualistic uh uh uh, uh, resolution to their issues and there is a rite of
1: passage in there because Riker finds out he's always lost because his father is always cheated yeah and yes, that's true he too finally yeah. uh, you know and the fact that he as an adult understands us now is a symbol of he's grown up now
0: yeah and then you know if you look at it i mean laforge's La plot is sort of you know yeah. it's not all that important but i think in the same way um the ritual there that ends it is they are going you know it's it's this very formal review process and at the end of it nothing happens and they're like well it's fine and they
1: they, they even further than that they not only say everything's fine they data had made some suggestion and you know they they, that's what they they recommend doing like it it all becomes to say yeah the thing you thought originally was the right thing to do you know we agree with you so you know it is kind of i mean in all of them it's people who are dealing with having their competency challenged in a way and Towards the end, they all managed to mass to get that competency back, but in a way which number one is very humbling, but also number two is not the way they expected. Jordy has to go to this humiliation of this review, but you know Data's o- original suggestion turns out to be the right thing. Riker has to go through being beaten by his father again, but he recognize he un- finally understands him a little bit more. You know, yeah war very obviously goes through he's very embarrassed to find out that everybody knows you know his business and you know there is obviously the physical pain and humiliation but this is something which causes him to you know this is something he deeply desires and which gives him great spiritual and frankly he's very touched to you know have these you know that these people care about him this way so yeah maybe that's what this episode is about yeah
0: i think so um
1: I like this. Now talking it, about it, I like it a lot more.
0: I'll give it a seven.
1: I was about to give it a seven.
0: Okay. Well, good. Well, I I think next week uh, we'll be good. We've got Pen Pals oh. and Q Who. Oh, no. Yes. Q oh. comes back.
1: I, 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 I was hoping there would be no Q. I knew there would be Q. There's Q. I did. I. It was a very long time. Are we gonna have to like count like the times between Q now? Like we, we will like put up a sign. You know, this sure, it's been can. like five episodes since you know Q, and then yeah, yeah. this Q episode, and we turn it back to zero.
0: I think that's a good idea.
1: Okay. Why don't you get work on that? Uh, no, because I don't like numbers.
0: All right, we'll see you next week. Bye.